Welcome to the Modern Legacies Podcast. I'm Bob DePasquale, founder of Initiate Impact, where we provide modern financial management for purpose-driven families. And on the Modern Legacies Podcast, we love celebrating today's purpose-driven entrepreneurs. Stick around to the end of the show, and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. Welcome, Axel Meyerhofer to Modern Legacies. How are you today, sir? Hey, Bob. Great. Nice to meet you and happy to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you on the show. It's always fun talking with people with different experiences and in industries who are making a modern legacy in the work that you do. And, you know, if, if you look up Axel, you can find his information uh, on LinkedIn for sure. We're going to talk a little bit about a little bit about um, his work and founder is the ideal wealth grower. He's a consultant and really a, just, a, you know, a mentor and someone that helps accelerate businesses uh, to be as free and productive and make the positive impact that they can. So Axel, can you just tell me a little bit about why you do the work that you do? It, it seems like you're very, very well versed in helping people communicate and be as productive and strategic as they possibly can. Yeah, basically, it's for two reasons. The one is a very selfish one, Idea Wealth Grower, even though at the time I didn't know that it would have that name or anything like that, came to be because when I started my consulting company and looked around, what can I do in uh, some way, shape or form to build some sort of a retirement um, account or portfolio or stuff like that, um, I decided to do that by investing in real estate. Initially, just for that purpose to at some point have retirement income, passive income. Didn't know about financial independent time freedom points or any of that kind of stuff. But as I kept going into that direction, learning more, digging deeper, finding more and more interesting ways to uh, invest, especially since running a consulting business, and I know, Bob, you, you know how it is to run a business, um, it's basically fully time consuming. So I needed to find something that is um, passive, that doesn't take a whole lot of time <clears throat> and still makes the desired income. And as I kept talking about it and telling people, friends, colleagues, some, some people in client organizations, more and more people said, hey, this is so interesting. Or I never really heard about that. Or you can do that. And those kind of reactions at that often ended in, you should help other people with that, right? And so ultimately I thought, okay, well then let's make it official. How should we call it? So we ended up with Idea Wealth Grower because the word ideal is not just a word that has the right connotation, but it's also an abbreviation that we use in our approach. And so now I transitioned from just setting this up as my own retirement plan for my own consulting business as an offering for mentoring and helping people through existing relationships that I formed in the process of doing my own investments so that they can also get on that, what we call the ideal investor journey and reach a point if they want to, where the passive income is equal or more than they need to pay for all their basically monthly and, and general expenses. Interesting. I love how you admit that it started off as some kind of selfish journey to help your, <laughs> yourself. But that's okay. I mean, we're here to support our families and our lifestyle. So totally understand that. But I do admire how you took that next step and you and you realize that my success 
provides more responsibility to share these lessons and ideas with other people. I, I gather that's kind of what you're feeling. Yeah, absolutely. That's an important component. But there's also, I, I would say, I'm a little bit almost like allergic when I hear a certain drumbeat of claims. I wouldn't even say information or data. It's really just claims, right? Like, for example, you can only really be wealthy when you are born with a silver spoon in your mouth or when you win the lottery or when you have somehow a super lucky deal at the same at the at the other side is if you are successful in building a business and it becomes a really um, valuable and, and well respected business, especially when it's a publicly traded company, then you somehow need to be punished because you're now too rich. Right. And so we are all supposedly to believe that the vast majority of people are just supposed to labor, 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 then retire and be miserable. Right. And I, I felt more and more that's just not OK. And that is also just not true because I come from relatively humble backgrounds. I, you know, went to school, joined the military, had a military career as an aviator and then retired and started a consulting business. Right. And. So that's not necessarily saying, okay, you have any of those things I mentioned before. And I got more and more kind of a little bit aggravated about it and said, okay, well, I'm doing what they say is impossible on a daily basis. And like you said, Bob, that was originally just for myself. And it became more and more obvious others can do the same thing. I'm not special in that way. Yes, I developed the knowledge and the relationships and the connections and stuff. But that didn't take anything other than discipline, tenacity, and really going after one specific thing, right? And I believe to this day, and that's always what I try to get across, anybody can do it if you dedicate yourself. But then there is this echo chamber and noise that is constantly drumming into our ears that only a select few somehow will have the opportunity and everybody else is kind of shut out. And that's just not true. And that became basically in a way the mission to say, no, anybody with some discipline and dedication can get on that ideal investor journey and, and make it to whatever they determine their, their goal number is. Mm -hmm. that, that ideal journey is different for everyone. Everyone's got a different scenario situation. And you know, I believe strongly in the uniqueness and specificity of, of different people's experiences. Yeah. And kind of along those lines with the, you know, diversity and the different uh, perspectives and backgrounds of, of, of people in business these days, I, I read on your page that you have a passion for international life sciences mm -hmm. and your experience in international and multicultural management. So what does that mean? Why, why are you so interested in, in that diversity and that conversation with multicultural management? Well, for one... I think there's a huge benefit just in general. If somebody were to ask me, what was one of the biggest things that influenced you above and beyond the business building stuff, more like as a person and as, as somebody who interacts with other people, whether they are in leadership or management positions of companies or even more privately. And I have to say, and, and I really credit the, my Air Force career for that, to have had the opportunity to live kind of like half my life in Europe, in Germany, and with the Air Force job being all over the place in all kinds of different European countries, and then having the chance to do an exchange program coming over to the United States and living in this culture, which oftentimes we seem to think or, or might look like they're quite similar, 
But if you've actually done it, I've now lived in the US 26 years and I came over here when I was 32. So it's almost 50-50 now. Um, so basically in, 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 uh, in living in two different spheres, two different cultures, two different languages and stuff like that, you really see the nuances, you really get a deeper understanding. And my consulting work allowed me to work for and with organizations who now have basically a global footprint, right? Which means we have like, for to give you one example, a client who is addressing two really important things, one for men with prostate cancer and one for women uh, with endometriosis, which is a, a pretty nasty disease that mainly afflicts women. Um, so their product happens to be effective in those two areas, but they developed how the mechanism actually works in the human body and then said, how do we build a business out of it? And so we now, and this is the joy that addresses what you asked for, Bob, one company makes the active ingredient in Germany for the business in San Francisco. The other makes the active ingredient in France for the business in uh, San Francisco. Then they take these active ingredients and make the end product, the little pills that you find in the bottle, in one location in Japan and another location in Toronto and Canada, right? And so that allows me to have that exposure to the different views. I, I, I can tell you how the status of COVID is in every one of those places <laughs> because it impacts when we can meet and, and, and when we can visit and those kind of things. And this multiculturalism and this exposure to, to, to different views, to different ways of life that has always interested me. And the life science part is just happens to be in the life science industry. And it's also people who work very hard, very disciplined, are very science left brain oriented. And so it gives me kind of a little bit of a yin and yang, right? Because on the ideal wealth grower side, I'm helping them more on the personal side and not necessarily the same people, but people in general on the personal side on how to kind of build a future that is independent of work. And on the consulting side, it's really, really dedicated work that is very motivating because it addresses debilitating issues for people. And if, if I can be even a tiny little piece of helping people to overcome them, then I, that's very fulfilling too. That's awesome that you found that fulfilling work. You know, I, I believe that everyone has some kind of niche or place that they should be spending their time because those are the skills and gifts that they have and they're best at those. And if they can figure out a way to spend as much time doing those things, they'll find that fulfillment. It's, it sounds like you're there. And I also find it really interesting. So there's definitely diversity of thought in what you do because you have to have opinions from different sides and different understandings, but it's also the diversity of the type of thought. I like how you mentioned the difference between the left brain uh, consistent people that you speak with and work with, and then maybe the, the more right brain, less scientific type of thought. That's really interesting, it, very, very well-rounded there. And then the industries that you're talking about as well, and we, we got to talk about being modern here on this podcast, because this is Modern Legacies. It sounds to me like advanced technology and, and you know medicine and those sort of things is important to you as well. Is that the case? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there is, and I mentioned this, I, for me, I found over the years the word balance and what it actually means if like in your imagination, you think about the scale, right? What's on the one side of the scale and what's on the other side of the scale. I found this to be kind of like a really interesting image to constantly 
ask myself and I challenge others to ask themselves, you know, how does it actually apply? So one quick thing, I mentioned this tablet for medicine for prostate cancer and endometriosis, which is literally a tablet. But the way we get there is a very scientific and biochemical approach. So that would be on the one side of the scale. On the other side of the scale is to say, okay, if you look, for example, at Eastern medicine, it is a very holistic, a very um, earth and nature bound approach, which then also, and this is interesting where the word modern comes in. When you ask me, where is life science industry going? The interesting thing is it applies more and more super high end modern technology to get to a more balanced approach between the left biochemical stuff and the right side. And that's not to say we're going to basically do Ayurveda and yoga and stuff like that to balance. But when you really ask yourself, what am I seeing in my consulting work is trying to find more and more approaches that have to do with what's called gene therapy or genetically based approaches. One of the biggest one that the whole world got to see in a way without really ever getting much of an explanation is this whole vaccine stuff that we're talking about and mRNA and so forth. This is a one part of genetics. But the real thing, and, and I, I wanna maybe give a quick example on how this plays out. I used to consult for Bayer Healthcare. It's not a secret, I can call the name. The product <clears throat> is still being made, but it's, it's kind of phasing out. And it is a very intense, massively complicated, biochemical process to make a fluid that somebody who has hemophilia, meaning like their blood doesn't clot, has to inject. And when I first started consulting for them, you had to literally do it every day. Then the company found a new way to use the similar product to inject yourself once a week. And then ultimately, when I basically finished my, my participation in this process, they got it to once every two weeks but you still wow. had to inject something in your body. Mm -hmm. Now that's the left side. And that started out, believe it or not, in 1920 is when they came up with the first version. Now it was completely different than now, but that's when it started. Now they were in the process and asked me to help them consulting to build a second factory doing what I just described, not just in the United States, but in Germany. And that oh factory was three quarters out of the ground, was already starting to get equipment and do the first trial runs. When the company became aware that the real new way to go about it is to actually tell the body that, hey, Bob, body from Bob, you're missing this one gene. And we now know how we can turn this gene on for you so your body can make that clocking factor yourself. And instead wow. of having to live a life of daily, weekly, or bi-weekly injecting something to you, there's a technology for your audience who may, might be interested. It's called CRISPR, where you can basically put that little missing piece into your genome. And as anybody who thinks about it, the natural body, the natural way is that we're renewing ourselves all the time, right? So your skin renews pretty much once a week. Other organs take maybe a year your bones kind of take seven to eight years, but there's a new bob, completely fresh set of new bob every seven to eight years, Comple everything new, nothing left wow. from what was there seven years ago. So 
that also is important to realize because that means the body is anyway constantly in the process of producing new cells, new organ, new blood, new skin, new hair, all that stuff. So if you at some point can interject and say, hey, for this new blood stuff, include this particular thing that makes the blood clot when you have a cut or you bruise yourself or stuff by switching the, the gene that set mm -hmm. the genes in the cell, it starts doing that because that's part of the natural process. And that's why I say, if you go back to that image on the left side of that scale, for what almost a hundred years, we did a biochemical process to inject ourselves. And that allowed us to live a reasonably normal life as long as we had access to this really expensive injectable stuff. Mm -hmm. Now you get a therapy where you get enough of those little change genes in your body and teach it basically to do what it does supposedly to do anyway, that 99 point whatever percent of all people do anyway. And in the natural renewal process, it's going to start doing it and you don't need to inject yourself anymore. And guess what? That factory is no longer needed. And mm -hmm. it literally was a $500 million investment by the company that ultimately got scrapped because it made no sense to build a factory for something that we don't need anymore. Wow. That's fascinating technology though. And to think that there's a new Bob every seven or eight years. I think my wife hopes it's three to, every two to three years, but that's another story. But for your wife, you have to tell her it's a new better Bob. Yeah, yeah it's a better Bob, exactly. <laughs> it's a new improved version. As improved, I, yeah, yeah, 2.0 or something. <laughs> No, that so that's fascinating. Wow, Axel, I appreciate you sharing that. that that's really cool stuff. So um, clearly, modernity is important to you. Like, can we talk a little bit about legacy? What, what does it mean to you to leave a legacy? Because I feel like you got a lot of stuff to share with the world. Yeah, for me, it, it, it didn't really register for a long, long time until I got into this whole idea of wealth grower and building a real estate portfolio and help first for ourselves, like I mentioned, and helping other people. Because one of the things, one of the unique things on my consulting work, as we just discussed, things have relatively short shelf life, right? Like an, a therapy or a pill or some liquid or whatever it might be. Yes, it addresses a certain issue. And even if you address it over and over again, but in and of itself is relatively short-lived. On the other hand, when I look to the idea of wealth grower work and for my family, as well as other families, helping them to develop a portfolio of assets that where the asset generates passive income, that actually arches and bridges over myself or my family, or if you want to, us being here right now for however long it might be, because the mantra is not just to be able to develop it. And the way you do it is mainly focused on how many assets do you have access to so that you can take some of that and apply it to building this portfolio. Some people have a job with more money or have less expenses or live in a cheaper area. They can do it a little faster. Others have live in, in other circumstances. It takes a little longer, but the principle applies. And the beauty from a legacy perspective is if you ever achieve that number, let's say your number would be $6,000 a month as passive income. When you achieve that point, that is, and most people struggle a little bit to see and understand that is that's the minimum number it will ever be. 
because you have to keep in mind to get there, at least in our approach, the way I basically uh, teach the strategy is if you buy properties on average, normally normal, regular rented single family houses or little duplexes or stuff like that, they pay you anywhere between three and $500 a month in passive income after you covered all the other expenses. So now if you say six, I want to get 6,000, that would mean if even at, at 500, um, dollars a month, you would need to have 12 of those little houses, right? But in the process of getting them, they have mortgages on it and they're not fully paid as you get them over time. So when you actually reach the first time that 6,000 number, over time, the rents are going to increase. The value of the houses is going to increase. The mortgages are gonna got paid down. So if somebody starts at 35 or 40, and then actually does this, let's say for 10 years and reaches the 6,000. In the next 10 years, the rents go up. So your 6,000 number goes up. Mm. In the following 10, 15 years, the mortgages get paid. So you don't have that expense anymore that goes into your pocket. And if at some point you say, I go over the rainbow bridge and see the next universe, your family that stays behind, if you give them in your trust, the instructions, keep the assets, and just enjoy the performance, mm -hmm. then it will go to 10,000 and 20,000 and 50,000, right? So the one bridge that you're basically building and the legacy that you're leaving is you started it if you don't already have some of it from your family. If you had none of these assets and you started it like I did, or maybe you want to buy, or people who are listening to us, those assets, as long as people follow the one instruction, don't ever sell them, will produce and maintain your legacy. But they also, I think in a sense, legacy is not just the asset or the, the thing that you may leave behind, but I think you're also leaving or can in this particular approach, leave the impact behind, right? So it's not just, oh, Bob bought all these houses and, and, and didn't need to work anymore because he had that passive income. But three generations later, if they follow that one rule not to ever sell them, even if they never add any to them, they can send their kids to college. They can live in any one of those 12 houses that you started, right? They can basically live a life without dependency on government programs or the economy or having the right job that pays the right amount of money. You basically, it's almost like you're building a foundation with a nice little garden by it that feeds and provides for the family forever. Wow. I think it's excellent. That's what we're all about here at Modern Legacies. And if you're a philanthropic, generous, charitable type of person as well, you can leave a portion of that legacy to a cause that you really care about. You know, it just there's so much impact that you can make in the world. That's what we talk about Initiate Impact too, is about, uh, you know, making sure that you got all of your ducks in a row, things are in order, you're comfortable, you're safe, you have your enough, you know, your definition of enough, you have things covered. And then you can really live out in fulfillment and generosity how you want to. So Axel, I, I just, I really appreciate your knowledge. I, the, the variety of conversation here has been excellent. Uh, you know, what's the best place for people to go to get a hold of you and the work that you do? Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned it. Uh, the website is idealwealthgrower.com. There's also for those of you who are kind of a little bit unsure or need to get themselves in the right frame of mind, I wrote a little mindset manual that your audience can get to. It's the same thing, idealwealthgrower.com and then forward slash free. And you download that and it tells you on the spectrum 
between feeling like a victim and feeling like the creator of your destiny or your legacy in our case today. Um, <laughs> where are you and what things can you do to get more and more into building this modern legacies approach? Awesome. Love it, my friend. You also, you also have your own podcast there. Uh, right. So check out the podcast at idealwealthgrower.com. It's the Ideal Investor Podcast. Axel Meyerhofer, thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. Have a great day. Thank you so much, Bob. It was great. Hey, it's Bob DePasquale again of Initiate Impact. I wanted to thank you for listening to the Modern Legacies podcast. If you're a purpose-driven entrepreneur and you want to be on the show, please visit our site at initiateimpact.com slash apply, and we want to get you on the show. And if you got something out of the interview, would you share it out on the socials? We really want to spread our message to as many people as possible. And if you just take a quick screenshot or you send out a message to a friend of yours with the hashtag modern legacies, we would really appreciate it. Now we're regularly putting out new episodes and content. So if you want to make sure that you don't miss anything, you can subscribe your thumbs up ratings and reviews also will do a lot to help us spread the great message. If you want to know more, go to our website, initiateimpact.com, or you can check us out on LinkedIn. We have a Facebook page, Instagram, and even Twitter. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time.